Today we are introducing in our D6 Sunday School the new theme for the week, and that being wisdom. Uh, we're talking about wisdom. And I don't know about you, but that's something that I've really strived to seek after on a daily basis. The good news is it's available for every single one of us. We've got to go about it the right way. We've got to use it correctly. Uh, but it's certainly available for all of us. So all week long in our, our D6, we're going to be studying as a family, and the theme is going to be wisdom from today uh, through next, um, next Friday or Saturday, okay? Here's something I want to request, though. I want to ask you, um, I want you to understand that what we're trying to do with D6 is not just Sunday morning and that's it. We're trying to create an environment to where you as a parent can interact with your children uh, throughout the week on the theme that we have discussed on Sunday morning. So parents, hope and pray you'll take advantage of this and be able to interact. Now, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to sit down in the living room and open up the Bible, although there's nothing wrong with that, but it just means you're going to interact. As you're going down the way, uh, as you're traveling to an event, as you're going to some type of a practice or, or outing or whatever the case may be, bring up these themes that we're talking about because as we as adults have sat in our Sunday school class this morning, your children have also sat in a Sunday school class and they have studied at their level the very same biblical theme that you have studied. So what we're trying to do is create not just a Sunday school class and we go home and that's all we do all week long, we never engage again. We're trying to create an environment for the family that you can study and grow and talk about what you hear about Sunday at church throughout the week. And we're hoping and praying that we're going to be growing as a result of that. So our D6 theme this week is wisdom. Now our goal every week, and we have a goal every single week, let's read this together. It's on the screen. It's in your quarterly. It's in your book. You've probably already read this today in your Sunday school time. You've already read and identified what the goal of the week is. But let's just collectively read it together, okay? Here we go. The goal is to wait patiently for Christ's return, but to live obediently and faithfully even if there is a delay. Now, last week we talked about the return of Christ in our Sunday school and our D6 Sunday school. What are we supposed to do now while we're waiting for Christ to return? Well, we are to be living in obedience. We are to be faithful to the Lord. And we need God's wisdom while we're here on this earth waiting for His return. I love this theme on wisdom. It's one of my all-time favorite themes. It's something that I try to do every single day. There are three different books of the Bible that I intentionally read every single day. One of them is the book of Proverbs. And the reason I read the book of Proverbs is for wisdom. If you want to know the other two, I read the book of Acts. Every single day, I don't read the whole book. I'll read a particular chapter in the book of Acts, and I read that for power. I don't want to be a powerless Christian. Do you? I don't want to be a wimpy, powerless Christian. I want to be powerful in my walk for Christ, and I want God to use me to be a person of influence, to influence someone else's life uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Acts is a wonderful book that just talks about the power manifested through the Holy Spirit on the early church and how God moved in and through that church. The other book that I like to read on a daily basis, don't read the whole thing, but just pick a chapter, is the book of Psalms, and I read that for love. And it will help you guys with mercy. Uh, some, some of us boast about having no mercy. That's really not a very good thing to boast about. Myself included. We need to grow in that, all right? We need to learn how to have love and compassion and mercy on one another. And I'll be honest with you, that's my weakest area. I'm not proud of the fact that I have 
about zero mercy. So that's why I read that book, to try to help me in that area. But what does help me tremendously is I am married to a woman that has above and beyond the mercy that she would ever need in her life. So it kind of overflows into me a little bit. It helps me a little bit there. So thank you for that. So anyhow, we're talking about, about wisdom. One of my favorite verses in the Bible pertaining to wisdom is found in the book of James. Turn there, if you will, please. James chapter 1 and verse number 5. James chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible says this, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, sorry, there's nothing you can do. Is that what the Bible says? No. If any of you lacks wisdom, what does it say? He should ask God, who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. You need wisdom? What do we need to do? Ask God. You need wisdom? Ask God. You need direction? Ask God. You need to know how to handle a situation? Ask God. You see, God says, I've got wisdom, and I will give it to you. But you have not because you ask not. We have not because we ask not. The Bible says in James 1 and 5, if you need wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom... Now, the question I'm going to ask you, it would be very wise of you to answer in the affirmative. Okay? I'm trying to help you out. It's kind of a trick question. I want to help you out here. How many would say that you need wisdom? Very wise of you to have your hand raised right now. Very foolish of you to keep it down. We all need wisdom. Right? And that wisdom comes from God. And simply all we have to do is ask Him. How many would have to admit that the world we live in today is... I mean, it's absolutely gone haywire. I mean, you look around, you, you watch Fox News, you see everything that's taking place in our world today. You, you see, I mean, just this past week, I called uh, Brent Verhager, which is, runs the Chrysler dealership in our town in Muscoodum there. And, and I told him, I said, listen, I actually talked to his secretary. He was out of the office. And I said, Brent, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm praying for you. I realized it's a stressful time. You know what was happening with Chrysler dealerships and GM dealerships all across America? They were all anxiously waiting in the showroom floor for a delivery from FedEx to find out if their dealership was going to be shut down. Now, guys, I don't know about you, but that's pretty scary times that we live in in our world today, economically speaking. And, and you need to take advantage to reach out to those people that you know and let them know, hey, I'm praying for you. So I called Brent and I told him, I said, listen, I just want you to know, guys, I'm praying for you. I'm just praying that your dealership says, thank, thank the Lord, they got a letter. And the letter says that they were going to remain open and they could continue to buy brand new Chryslers from the Chrysler dealership. But that's not the case. There was a, there was a deal, and even GM as well as Chrysler. There was a dealership, I believe, in Collinsville that had been open since the 70s that just got a letter. You're shut down. There was dealerships all around this area that received those. Listen, the point I'm trying to make is we live in a very unstable uncertain, crazy, mixed-up world. I mean, I mean we're, we're in territory right now that, that we really, I don't know that we've ever experienced, I know we haven't experienced in our generation. Generations before us may have experienced a little bit of what we're going through. But this is a different time that we're living in in America. Do you agree? Very unstable time. What do we need? We need wisdom. How are we going to deal with all of this?
We need wisdom. How are we going to face tomorrow and deal with all the issues that are at hand? We need wisdom. I don't know about you, but if you study biblical Bible prophecy, there's, there's something that just kind of jumped off the page at me, out of the newspapers at me this week and off the news. There were two things, actually. One, I read an article about tattooing. And there was an article about how some doctors were advising people that if you have, uh, if you're a diabetic or you have other things that you are, are allergic to or whatever, it'd be good to have that tattooed on your body. And, and I'm realizing, you know what, it's, it seems like that's, that's kind of the, it's, no one frowns or looks down on tattoos. And for those that have tattoos, I'm not trying to beat up on you. Please, please don't misunderstand my heartbeat right here. I love you, God loves you, and be, now, tattoos not going to change that. Okay? So, so I don't want you to think, oh, he's against, no, no, no. I'm just trying to say how that's so accepted in our culture today. You know what the Bible talks about? It talks about how we're going to receive the mark of the beast. Now, back in the, back in the 70s and the 60s and, and back when I was being raised in, in the 70s and, and the 80s, you know, the thought of, of having something tattooed on your forehead was just so foreign. But it's not really foreign. I mean, watch NBA basketball. Those cats got tattoos all over their heads, bodies, ears, neck, everywhere. It's kind of being accepted. That put up a red flag to me. It's not going to be abnormal anymore to have some type of tattoo across your forehead, which is a mark of the end time. Another mark of the end time, as I was reading in, in the papers, not only um, the tattooing and, and what was taking place there, but also, and I kind of lost my train of thought, where was I going with this? Two things. Man, I'm getting older, right? I just lost it. And I don't even have it in my notes here. Senior moment. We're getting closer. Jesus is coming, okay? It may come to me in just a moment here, okay? But the point I'm trying to make is we are living in a very uncertain, difficult time in our culture today, okay? And we need wisdom. Where in the world can we go and get wisdom? Well, we have a great book in the Bible that we can go and get all the answers that we need for life. We can go and get all the wisdom that we need. And it's called the book of Proverbs. I want to encourage you, if you have not been reading the book of Proverbs, I want to encourage you to read that. I want to encourage you to spend time in the book of Proverbs every single day to gain some wisdom that every single one of us need. Now, the Bible tells us who wrote the book of Proverbs, and, and uh, it, was, it was Solomon. And the Bible teaches us that Solomon was the wisest man that... Uh, that ever lived. Matter of fact, I want you to turn your Bibles, if you will, please, to 1 Kings. Turn with me to 1 Kings, chapter number 4. Just turn back a few books. 1 Kings, chapter number 4. If you haven't visited 1 Kings in a while, you may need to unstick those pages, and that's okay. I'll wait for you to get them unstuck. But 1 Kings, chapter number 4, and verse number 29. 1 Kings, chapter 4, and verse number 29. The Bible says that God gave Solomon wisdom, very great insight, and understanding as vast as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East, greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone. Now, let me ask you this. If you go to Barnes and & Noble's and there's a 
New York best-selling book that's on the shelf, been number one for 25 weeks in a row, and this individual proclaims to be the wisest guy that's ever lived, and, and he, can, he can pour knowledge into you if you would just read his book. Every single one of us this afternoon would make our way to Barnes & Nobles, and we would go and buy that book. Would we not? May I share with you that there's a book in the Bible called the book of Proverbs that the Bible says that the wisest man in the entire world, wiser than any man in Egypt, wrote a book for us to be able to read and have knowledge. You've got it. It's in your Bible. It's the book of Proverbs. Look in verse number 32. It says, Solomon composed 3,000 Proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. He described trees from the cedar in Lebanon to the hyssop growing out of the wall. He also taught about animals and birds and reptiles and fish. People came from everywhere. Get that? They came from everywhere. They were sent by every king on earth who had heard of his wisdom to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And the thing is, we have it sitting before us. In our Bibles, the book of Proverbs, that kings would send their people to, to sit at his feet. He wrote these Proverbs for us. And every single one of us should be spending time in the book of Proverbs. Why? Why should we be trying to gain heavenly wisdom? Why should we be trying to get wisdom? Listen to what the Bible says. You may want to jot these references down on the back of your uh, bulletin there. It's some sermon notes area for you to jot some things down. Here's three references I would like for you to jot down. The first is Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11. Proverbs 8, 11. The Bible says, For wisdom is better than precious stones, and nothing desirable can compare with it. Nothing desirable can compare with the wisdom. The Bible says it's better than precious stones. Another reference, Proverbs 16 and 16. Proverbs 16 and 16. The Bible says, acquire wisdom. How much better it is than gold. And acquire understanding. It's preferable to silver. The Bible is saying that wisdom is so much better than gold. Uh, if there was someone standing outside our doors... And he said, as soon as the worship service is over at Victory, I'm going to give you a brick of gold. We would all literally break our neck to be one of the first ones in line to get a brick of gold. But the Bible says that if you acquire wisdom, it's so much better than gold. Isn't it amazing how a lot of times we just take the book of Proverbs and the wisdom that God wants to give us for granted? But yet we look at the material things of the world and we strive for that and we sweat for that and we manipulate for that and we scheme for that. We strategize for that. But yet wisdom is here, free for every single one of us. To get and to obtain, we simply have to search for it. Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 11 says, Wisdom is as good as an inheritance and an advantage to those who see the sun. The Bible says that wisdom is as good as an inheritance and that wisdom is an advantage. So today I want to speak to you on the subject of simply how to get advantage in a disadvantaged world. How to get the advantage in a disadvantaged world. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak through me this morning. Wisdom 
is laid at our feet today. All we have to do is search for it and realize that you're the source and realize that if we just simply come to you, we can gain the wisdom that we need. God, the day that we are living in is, is very unstable. We see what's taking place in our country and in our world. God, we need your wisdom. We need you, Lord, to give us wisdom. Open up our hearts today. Help us, Lord, to be in tune with you. Help us to take something out of this service today that can help us get the advantage in a disadvantaged world. May we be able to take the principles and the lessons that we're going to learn today and apply them to our lives. So not only that we be better Christians, but that we be more successful on our jobs and in our careers. Because God, you want that for every single one of us. You want to bless us. I pray God you'd help us to gain wisdom that only comes from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It came to me while I was praying. You know the second thing I was talking about, how the first was tattooing in the forehead and the mark of the beast? The second thing that kind of just came to me this week through the news and through reading is how China's becoming a major player, in our, or has been, but really officially becoming a major player in our world today. Do some Bible research on China. They really come into play in a big way in the end time. The point is, the point is, we're living in very unstable time, and we need God's wisdom. Kind of appropriate that I have an illustration with Henry Ford and with all the trouble that the auto manufacturing companies and dealerships have been going through over the last several months. But years ago, Henry Ford, he, um, he needed some generators in his plant. He hired a guy, an electrical genius by the name of Charlie Steinmetz. And he called Charlie in. He said, Charlie, listen, I need you to set up my whole factory with generators so that it all run well. And I, I need your expertise in that area. Charlie comes in, he gets it all set up, and he leaves. Everything's working great. Everything's fine. All of a sudden, some of the generators start shutting down. One by one by one, they shut down. The plant is slowly now stopping the production. And Mr. Ford sends his best repairman out on the job. True story. Sends his best repairman out on the job. Says, fix those generators. We need them back up. So that production can, can continue. They tried their best. Effortlessly, they could fix none of the generators. So he gets Mr. Charlie Steinmar Steinmetz back on the phone. He says, I need you to come and fix my generators. Something's gone bad. They've shut down. I need you to get here as quickly as possible. Charlie shows up really just a few hours or so later. And he goes in with the generators. And for about three hours, he's just tinkering with the generators. One by one, they get back up to full steam and production line continues and Charlie leaves. A couple of days or weeks later, Mr. Ford gets an invoice, a bill in the mail. And the bill was for $10,000 for Charlie to come out and tinker with the generators. True story. Mr. Ford was very tight-fisted. He didn't see any reason to give away $10,000 for about three hours of work to Charlie. So he calls Charlie up and he says, Charlie, I'm disturbed. 
I got this invoice from you for $10,000. He said, all you did was come and just work on the generators for about three hours. Why is the bill so high? Charlie talks to him back and he says, listen. He says, the reason the bill is so high, he said, I've charged you $10 to tinker on the generators. I charged you $9,990 for knowing where to tinker. What's that called? That's called wisdom. That's called having the knowledge and having the wisdom to be able to bring the generators back up to speed. Well, we can get wisdom. It's available for every single one of us. Well, how are we going to get wisdom? Number one, jot this one down. You must search for it. In Proverbs chapter 2, in verse number 1, down through verse number 5, and we've already read the scripture to you this morning, but we must search for wisdom. I want you to see the three or actually four different verbs that are brought out here in verses 3 and verse number 4. When it talks about how we are to gain wisdom, in verse number 3 it says, if you call out, call out to insight. If you lift up your voice, number 2, Verse 4, if you seek for it and if you search for it. Now, the Bible talks about us putting forth some effort in order to gain wisdom. It's not just simply enough just to say, God, I need some wisdom today. And we're going about our activities and our business. There's some things that we've got to do. We must diligently search for this wisdom. Solomon said in Proverbs, we've got to call out for it. We've got to lift up our voice, voice for it. We must seek for it. We must search for it. We must diligently be looking for wisdom and trying to gain wisdom. Now, a lot of people do that today. A lot of people are searching for it, but they don't have godly wisdom. A lot of people are diligently looking for wisdom. But here's the problem. They're looking for wisdom in all the wrong places. That may be you today. You may be saying, Pastor, listen, I have been searching for wisdom, but I just don't feel like I'm getting any godly, heavenly wisdom. What's the problem? The problem may be that you're searching in the wrong place. Let me share with you a few places where people search for wisdom. That's the wrong place. Went out in my driveway this morning and the Sunday edition of the Belleville News Democrat was there. And I'm amazed at how many people can't wait for the paper to show up each and every day. Because in that paper, they are searching for wisdom. For instance, some may choose to go to the horoscope section. And there they look in their horoscope to try to gain some wisdom for the day. I never read the horoscope, and it took me a moment to figure out even where the horoscope was in this paper. But once I found it, I went to Scorpio because that's what I am. November the 20th. Scorpio's out there? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. March on. Scorpio's right here. Here we go. Listen to what it says. It says, you might move slowly this morning. Well, that's relevant. Hello. I mean, everybody's going to move slowly until you get your first cup of coffee or your Mountain Dew or your Diet Coke or what? Hello. You might move slowly this morning. By the afternoon, your vitality soars no matter what you are doing. Nearly any plan seems suitable when you're just happy to be with friends and loved ones to not let the good times in. Hello? 
Unfortunately, a lot of people go to the horoscope section to try to gain wisdom and knowledge. Where do you think another section of the paper that people may go to to get some wisdom? What about the, um, the Dear Abby section? Huh? Oh, Miss Abigail. There she is. And every day, thousands and thousands of people go to hear what Abigail is saying. Now, some of these are kind of so discolored, I'm not even going to read it to you. I'm, I'm amazed that people didn't write in some of this stuff. But I sat down and I read a little bit of this this morning. You know, trying to get geared up to preach a little bit. <laughs> go, read, go read Dear Abby some. Dear Abby, can you tell me the proper way to place your knife and fork after you finish eating? I was taught to turn my fork over at the four o'clock position and the knife just to the left of the fork. And I fold my napkin and place it to the left when dinner has been completed. Am I old-fashioned? Who cares? When you're done eating, you're done eating. Get up. Walk away. As far as I care. That got me to thinking, well, how do I put my fork when I'm done? I wonder if I'm sending out vibes and signals incorrectly. And I don't know. People go, go there. Another place that, that people go to gain wisdom. You know I'm going here. How many love these? Boy, I, this, is, this is where I go first on Sunday. Right here. I go here to laugh. Here's a good one. The Born Loser. You guys read him on a regular basis? The Born Loser. It has his house there and the sun's coming up. It's early in the morning. Beep, 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 beep. Here's what he says. He's lying in bed. When I go to sleep each night, I'm right here on the left-hand page. I don't know if you can see it. When I go to sleep each night, I always give myself a pep talk to prepare for the next day. I tell myself tomorrow is going to be a brand new day and I'll be starting fresh with a clean slate. And that gives me the positive attitude that I need to fearlessly face the world. But then something always happens to spoil everything. The alarm clock goes off. Hello? People go to the wrong places to gain wisdom. There's another place this week as I was thinking about where do people go to get wisdom in the world. See what I got here? We go to our old favorite Chinese restaurant. And I went to Twin Dragons, Dan. By the way, I owe you guys a dinner right there because you squealed on Miss Catherine and told her, I, I need to get that to you. But we go to the Chinese restaurant and we can't wait for the fortune cookies and we dig into these things. By the way, I need, um, I got all guys up here last year. Give me, give me Amber and Monica and Kristen. I need another girl. Where's, where's Sarah? Where's Sarah? Sarah, Sarah. You four girls come up here real quickly, quickly, quickly. The Bible says, whatsoever thou doest, doest thou quickly. I mean, two right there and two right here. I want each of you to take a fortune cookie. Go ahead and open it up. Now, you get to eat that cookie, so don't make a mess of it. All right, I'm going to give that to you. But I'm interested. I'm searching for wisdom, okay? I want to see what my wisdom, what, where I can get wisdom, what my day is going to be. So talk to me. What does it say? It is quality rather than quantity. Quantity that Do a good job tomorrow. Do a good job tomorrow. It is, it is quality rather than quantity that matters. Do a good job tomorrow. Well, that's not going to do me any good today. Hello? People go to the wrong place for, to get wisdom. What did it say? Keep your eye open for an opportunity soon to come. Keep your eye open for an opportunity soon to come. Wrong place to try to get wisdom, huh? 
You will soon be crossing desert sands for a fun vacation. Oh, yeah. You military guys are looking forward to getting this one, huh? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You will be rewarded by a peer for being a good listener. For being a good listener. All right. So anyhow, my point is you girls can have those fortune cookies and, and uh, enjoy. Eat them right now, okay? The point is we go to the wrong place to try to gain wisdom. Where do we need to go? The Bible says that we need to be searching for it, that we need to be calling out for it, that we're lifting our voice for it, seek for it, search for it, looking for that, that wisdom. And God says, I've got it. All you've got to do is ask for it. There was a young man I read this past week as I was trying to study more about wisdom that went up to Socrates. True story in the book that I read about Socrates. Instead, he went up to Socrates and a young man said, Socrates, I need knowledge and I need wisdom. He said, you've come to the right place. He took this young man out by the lake and he had this young man walk out into the water about chest deep. And he said, what is it you're seeking for? The young man looked up at Socrates and said, I need knowledge. I need wisdom. And he grabbed him by the shoulders and he pushed him under the water and held him there. Fifteen, twenty 25 seconds. He brought the young man back up. He said, what is it you need? I need knowledge. I need wisdom. And he pushed him back under the water again. This time, 30, 35 seconds, 40 seconds. He pulled the young man up again. He said, what is it you need? He said, oh, great, wise Socrates. I need wisdom and I need knowledge. He pushed him under the water again. This time, 45, 50, 55 seconds had passed. He pulled the young man up. He says, what is it you need? He said, I need air. I need air. Socrates said this. He said, when you search for wisdom, and when you desire wisdom as much as you desire air, then you'll get it. Now, I'm not a big follower of Socrates, but that's a very true statement. The reason why we have a lot of Christians following Christ and trying to live for the Lord, but walking around with a life of no wisdom whatsoever is because we're really not diligently searching for it. I mean, we're not craving it every single day. We're not calling out for it, as Proverbs says. We're not lifting up our voice. We're not seeking for it. We're not searching for it. We just kind of hope it lands in our lap one day. Listen, guys, if we're going to gain wisdom, we're going to have to put out a search for it. And we're going to have to have a desire for it every single day. And we get wisdom right here. Point number two. The last two, by the way, I'm just going to hit and close, okay? So don't freak out on me right here. I know my introduction and my first point's kind of long. Point number two is this. Jot it down. You must know the source for wisdom is the Lord. The other places I shared with you that we searched, the newspapers and, 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 and the horoscope and Dear Abbey's and fortune cookies and books and CDs and seminars and we travel everywhere looking for this wisdom. We've got to understand that the source of wisdom comes from God. It comes from Him. That is the source. Look what it says in verse number 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. And I don't know if you write in your Bibles or if you mark in your Bibles, but I want you to see I have that underlined and highlighted in my Bible. I want to remember that. The Lord gives wisdom. You should highlight that. You should underline that. And you need to always remember that the source of wisdom comes from the Lord. 
Now, there's two ways that the Lord gives us wisdom. The first way, number one, is through His Word. Just reading the Bible, reading His Word. Not only the book of Proverbs, but the entire Bible. We need to spend time in God's Word every single day. Because God is speaking to us through His Word. He's revealing Himself to us through His Word. He's revealing His plan for us through His Word. He's giving us wisdom and insight through His Word. Guys, if you're not in God's Word every single day, there's no way in the world you can have godly, heavenly wisdom. He speaks to us through His Word. The second way that He speaks to us is through other people. And I encourage you to surround yourself with a good, strong accountability group of Christian men and women and someone that can help you, give you godly counsel and insight whenever you're going through a difficult time or whenever you need some insight or whenever you need an answer or you got to make a decision. It's good to bounce some ideas off some people that you know are striving to live for the Lord. So God will speak to us through His Word and through other people. And the source of wisdom comes from God and from Him alone. Number three, jot this one down. I'm going to hit it quickly and go. In order to be successful, you've got to receive the Lord's wisdom. Now, I want you to look what it says in verse number 7. He stores up success for the upright. Now, all of this is talking within the context of searching and seeking for and gaining and the Lord giving us wisdom. Do you you realize that whenever we get God's wisdom, success is going to come alongside of us? And we're out there at Barnes and Nobles and we're in the self-help section and we're in the business section and we're looking for all these books on how to make us successful. And you probably have a dozen copies of the most important book in your life that God says, if you get a hold of this, you will be successful. Hello? We'll go listen to motivational speakers all across the country and we'll buy the best-selling books and we'll get the CDs and we'll go to the seminars. God says, right here it is. You want success? Get in my book. Hello? You want success? Get my wisdom. Men, you want to be successful on your jobs and in your career fields? Get a hold of God's wisdom. Spend some time in His book every day. Ladies, you want the same thing? Spend some time in God's book every day. This, this, God's wisdom and success in your life run parallel with each other. They do. They do. Now, listen to what I just did not tell you. I did not tell you that if you gain God's wisdom, you'll be a millionaire by the time you die. You see, that's a worldly pagan view of success. Hello? Success is not in money. Understand what I'm saying? A lot of times we'll look at people and we say, man, they got these big, nice homes and these fancy cars and these these big extravagant careers and jobs and they're rolling in the thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars and we label that success. That's how the world labels that. A Christian should never label that success. What is success? Success is having peace that passes all understanding. Success is being content. Success is knowing how to love God and love our family and love each other. Hello? Success is being able to go to sleep at night. Success is being able to lay down and know that I did right today. And I can wake up and do right tomorrow. Now, you may not have a dime in your bank account, and you can still be successful. But I promise you, you be successful God's way, and you'll enjoy that a lot more than the world's way. Because that's temporal. That's fleeting. And that one day will be gone. Are you tracking with me? Number four, 
The Lord's wisdom serves as a shield and a protector over us. 7b through verse number 10. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his loyal followers. Listen, guys, if you're seeking after God's wisdom, you know what you have? You have God Almighty as your shield, as your guard, as your protector that's leading you through every situation and day of your life. It just doesn't get any better than that. Hello? Getting God's wisdom, getting the wisdom from the Lord, allows Him to be our shield and our protector. Guys, we live in a very unstable world. We live in a world where we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we do know who holds tomorrow. Amen? And I hope and pray you seek after wisdom this week. I want you to be blessed. I want you to have the peace of God that passes all understanding. But wisdom comes from God. Not fortune cookies. Not the horoscope. Not the comics. Not books. Not seminars. Not conferences. It comes from God. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. We're going to put on some music just softly. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know God? That's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom comes from knowing God. Do you know Him? Father, right now, there may be some that are sitting here that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. And dear God, I pray that right now you would speak to their hearts and their lives. Maybe they have walked all the way up to this point and realize that they don't know you. I pray right now that they'd confess their sins and trust in you and ask you, God, to forgive them come into their heart and their life and be their Savior. God, maybe there's some here today that they've already accepted you as their Savior, but they're not seeking godly wisdom. Father, I just pray that today they would quit looking where the world is looking. They would start searching for wisdom from you. Your word tells us that you give us wisdom we simply ask for it. We're just going to have a time of meditation here. Every head remain bowed, every eye closed. You think about your situation. How's things with you and the Lord? I promise you, if you're not walking hand in hand with Him, you're headed for a life of heartache. If you're not living for Him on a daily basis, you're headed for heartache. Do business with God right now. During this time of this reflection and meditation.